Welcome to the podcast Appetite for Life with me, Karen Kelly, keeping the spiel real as we discuss today's habitual lifestyle with various topics, the occasional guest, women in business and fun, interesting chat. Whether you're a stay-at-home parent, work from home, have a sleepy commute to the office or flying high around the globe, there's something for everyone and anything goes, but keep it clean, it's just everyday life and how we fill it, so tune in and pump up the volume. It's good to talk with an appetite for life. So we're all homeschooling at the moment, aren't we? We're on lockdown and we really don't have a choice. I know a lot of children can be left to their own devices, but depending on their age, we're all kind of having a little input somewhere, aren't we? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm finding this part really enjoyable and I'm learning something new every day. And what's great about it is that my daughter thinks I'm a genius, helping with all sorts of questions But little does she know, I'm searching on Google over my shoulder. One thing I have learned about myself, though, is that I never major in maths. For me, I have to still um, stick to those simple adding, subtracting and occasionally dividing. And that's still using my iPhone calculator. So I must apologise if I confuse any teacher once schools reopens for teaching my daughter prehistoric ways of calculation. If she wasn't quite guessing it the first time round, she's now totally and utterly confused. But don't worry, I'm now leaving this subject to dad. So as we are on lockdown and every day is a school day, let's have some fun lockdown facts. Are we ready? The King's School in Canterbury, England is the world's oldest school. It was founded in 597 AD. There's a school in the Philippines which is made entirely of recycled pop bottles. Can you imagine how fun that must be? The largest school in the world in terms of numbers of students is in Lucknow in India. Apparently, 32,000 pupils attend this school daily. It has over a 1,000 classrooms, 3,700 computers and goes through thousands of pounds worth of stationery and books each year. In 2014, there was an elementary school in Turin in Italy that only had one teacher and one student. Can you imagine? It gave it the reputation of being the smallest school in the world. Now then, I have actually been to a smaller school in this country, which is Milburn Primary School in Cumbria, which only has six pupils. It's very cute though, really cute. Now, this is an interesting fact. Mealtime in France is considered part of the curriculum. Kids are expected to learn not only about different foods and where they come from, actually schools do try to source locally, but also to display good manners and etiquette. They also have about two hours each day for lunch. So this is why the French are really sophisticated around food and they take their time and have long lunches. Students in South Korea are expected to stay and help clean and tidy the classroom when lessons are over. I quite like that idea. Apparently in Bangladesh, there are no fewer than 100 boat schools. Each one has internet access, a library and is solar powered. Now this is apparently due to annual flooding in Bangladesh and the disruption it causes to hundreds of thousands of students. So that must be quite fun, unless you're seasick, going on a boat school. This is a really good one. In the remote area of Colombia, Kids have to travel to school on a zip wire. Can you imagine the fun? Because it's the only form of transportation for those living in isolated valleys. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? You'd keep going back, wouldn't you, and uh, having another go. I'm sorry, I'm late. And last but not least, a school in Germany has built a school to look like a giant white cat complete with whiskers and circular windows for eyes. When students arrive at the school, they enter the building through the mouth of the cat. And then once it's signed, it's just like any other school, apart from the tail. Apparently there's a cat's tail, which doubles up as a slide at the back. What fun must that be? Anyway, back to homeschooling. 
As I've come to realise, there's some really great benefits. So what are they? I reckon there's less distraction as they're the only people in the class. They're not getting their chalk thrown at them or pencil cases thrown at them or rubbers. So there's less distraction. And I find because there's less, there's less distraction, they're learning more as well. And if they're stuck on a subject, they can keep working on it because they can adapt their own timetable rather than thinking, oh, my God, the the lesson's finished. I've got to move on to another subject and they're not quite sure what they're doing. There's nothing worse is there when you're leaving the class and you're not quite sure what you're doing. You're also bonding more with the children. So they're bonding more with the parents and siblings. And as a result, you get to know what their strengths and their weaknesses are. And they're also working in a far more calmer atmosphere because obviously they can have a different room, their own room somewhere, the bedroom, wherever, and it's very quiet. Again, it's all all down to not having those distractions, isn't it? So what are the disadvantages then? So apparently there's quite a a high cost involved because not all books are supplied. Of course, you've got to buy all the stationery as well. A lack of facilities. We haven't got science and science rooms at home, have we, and Bunsen burners and things like that. And of course, climbing frames and apparatus for PE. Socialisation. Is it really that healthy to spend that much time with your parents? And there's no face-to-face interaction with appropriate friendship groups. You do need lots of patience and, of course, lots of motivation. So, yeah, there's some advantages and disadvantages there disadvantages there at the moment we don't have a choice do we but to be fair we haven't really got the skills to that of a trained professional so I'm pleased to say there's one not too far away I'd like to introduce primary school teacher Joanna Mascarenas thank you for joining us today Joanna so you're a teaching assistant at Millfield Primary School in Nantwich so how long have you been teaching so I've been a primary school teacher for about 20 years, but I now work as a teaching assistant in year six at Millfields Primary School in Nantwich. So how has this lockdown affected your role then? Are you still going into the school? Yeah, it's affected my job massively, actually, because obviously as a teaching assistant, um, most of my role is face to face with the children and supporting the staff in the school, yeah. um, which is something that I can't do from home, unlike a lot of the teachers that are still doing paperwork and planning and providing support for the children um I can't do that but I do go into school we have a shift pattern um when the school is open supporting uh, key workers children and vulnerable children so I'm in a couple of times a week at the moment yeah so how many hours are you going in a day then and what are you doing when you're actually in the school on those shifts so basically the way that our school's organised it is we have three shifts in a day starting at half seven. So half seven to 11, 11 till 2.30 and 2.30 till six because we offer before school and after school care. We do just a shift. So it's about three, three hours in a shift. Now the way we've organised it is in the mornings, we from nine to 11, we provide time for the children to do their homeschool learning, which has been set by their teachers. And then the rest of the time, we try and be outside with the children. We do arts and crafts. Um, we give them time to socialise with their friends, which is what they're missing um, in lockdown. So that's how our school have organised it. But I do know different schools have got different um, processes that they're going through. Yeah. And how are you finding the children? Are they kind of enjoying being back in school or do you think they do they want things to get back to normal? Yeah, I think the children that we've got in, they do, I think what most children seem to miss the most is that social interaction with their friends. Yeah, um, yes. I think, especially at primary school, 
the school, the learning is almost a secondary part of it. It's the fact that they're with their friends and they're seeing different faces. And from talking to parents and other members of staff that are in contact with children, that seems to be what they're missing. So the children that do get to come to school love uh, just the chance to play, which I think obviously a lot of children, especially sort of only children or children who've got parents that are working, they're really, really missing that. So I think the, the consensus is that most children would like to be back at school. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Apart from my daughter, who's actually quite enjoying homeschooling at the moment. <laughs> she doesn't want to go back to school, bless her. So what support are schools offering parents and their children at this time? Well, I mean, from my point of view, I've got two children who are in secondary school, so they're getting regular emails and check-ins and obviously the internet's working brilliantly for them. From Millfields, um, the staff are doing a brilliant job, which I can't take any credit for because, you know, it's the head teacher and the teachers that are doing it, but they've really embraced the online support that we can offer. So we've um, got a website, we've launched a YouTube account, teachers are regularly posting uh, story times and challenges for the children. They've, uh, we're using different online platforms to plan work, to be able to sort of assess and check where children are getting up to. More importantly, I think for the children, we've got things like the reception teachers have written letters to their reception children that they've received through the post. Uh, they're making regular phone calls to families and actually speaking to the children and there's email conversations going on. So I think from, from our, in our school, the support that the teachers have put into place for the, for the parents and the children is as good as it can be in the Definitely. situation. Yeah. It's happened very quickly. We've had to work very quickly and adapt what we, what we offer really, you know, uh, really quickly. So did you say that the teacher was writing to the pupils? Did I hear you right then? That they're writing yeah, letters to so, the kids. That's lovely. Yeah. Lovely and the, the kids to receive yeah, the, the response is brilliant as well. And I think what we've tried to do is we've tried to encourage, or the head teachers try to encourage when the children have done something that they photograph it or they video it and they email it to their teachers. And every Monday he is posting an online assembly. So he's celebrating what everybody's up to. So the children get to see what the other children are up to. They get to celebrate, you know, whether they've baked a cake, whether they've been for a walk or, you know, that they've, that they've written a story. So there is still a little bit of interaction. interaction. It definitely doesn't face to face, but it's the best we can do, I think. Definitely. So what are the benefits then, do you think, for children in this situation? Well, I think um, for every child, it's very different, isn't it? There's lots of different family situations that, that we don't know about. But I think for a lot of children, there are some advantages. I think from the conversations that we've had with children and with parents, there's a lot more going on than there is usually time for. So for instance, baking a cake or talking about the topic that you're studying at school or actually helping your child make something craft that usually we're just a bit busy to do as parents aren't we but we're kind of filling time now i've heard some really positive things about siblings so actually you don't get to go and choose your friends because you can't go out so you're forced to play with your Spend siblings time with your brother and sister yeah which yeah. is not the norm is it no but i do think you know hopefully that will in ideal situations that will have some positive benefits in the long term and also i think the opportunity to get bored i think children aren't allowed to be bored anymore are they their every hour is filled whereas at the moment 
children are getting bored and they are having to become a bit more independent and creative with with how they spend their time because they they haven't got the same choices that they had six or seven weeks ago so exactly. there are are benefits i think definitely so when when all this is over whenever that may be things are going to be very different for everybody so what do you think will change in schools going forward do you think they'll return I, in the next couple of months maybe or what do you think yeah, will happen? i mean there's been no date has there they've the the date june the first has been sort of banded around by media yeah. but whether or not that will that will happen that would be lovely for me as a year six because it would be great to be able to say goodbye to our year six pupils rather than the the rushed friday that we had when when they left but i think in the long term i think there will be changes i know our school has definitely embraced what we can do online you know the the videos and the interactions I think that will become quite a big part of learning. Hopefully people will appreciate some of the things that happen in schools that maybe people took for granted before. And I think that's, that's parents and children. Um, and maybe there'll be a slight shift in priorities, maybe. I don't, I don't know, but I know that I'm looking forward to going back because I'm missing it. So yeah, I, I would be as well. I mean, I think it will be different for everybody, but I think there's a massive learning curve, isn't it? The whole world has come to a complete stop. We've, pre we've pressed reset, and I think it's definitely going to be, you know, put into practice somewhere going forward some way um but just just talking about year six who would obviously be due to sit their sats in the summer and obviously we're going to have predicted uh, predicted grades for um o level sorry gcses now and will they be doing that for sats do you think as well or are they completely gone for this year to be honest, I don't know because I think, um, I don't know the, the government guidelines on it, but I do know that um, obviously writing anyway is teacher assessed. So those predictions, if they want to send um, results home, that would still work the same way. And I know that primary schools will have been assessing their children in their maths and their English all the way through year six. So I think teacher assessment, if they are looking for grades, then it, it's, it's definitely doable um based on what what will have happened over the last the last few months but from the official guidelines i'm i'm fortunate as a ta in that i don't have to do all the paperwork um so but i think i mean i could sit down with the teacher and i think we would have a very very good idea of what children are going to have achieved so if they want to give parents that feedback it it will be there it will be there yeah and finally then joanna how are you yourself finding lockdown how are you and your family getting on we're five yeah, weeks in i think aren't we <laughs> no. yeah we're we're doing okay we're very lucky we've got a house and a garden we've got dogs that we can go out and walk and we live in an area where we've got a bit of space so we are very very lucky I've got two teenage girls that haven't killed each other yet. So again, <laughs> doing quite well. We've got enough rooms that we can all be in different rooms, which again, I think is quite valuable. But I do think we've had days where we, we want something to look forward to. We know what we're doing and we know why we're doing it. So it kind of makes it a bit easier. But at the same time, my daughter is due to do GCSEs and have prom. 
So, you know, yeah, it's really sad that is it? That's a, it's massive for them to miss out on that really. Cause I know a lot of schools were, okay, we're closing today and people were running around get, getting their shirts signed and things like that. Cause yeah. they wouldn't see the friends again. So that's really sad. That's been stolen from them really, hasn't it? Yeah. And I think in the long term, I think it will be okay because there'll be lots of other things to look forward to. But I think when it happens very quickly without any warning, it takes a bit of getting used to, but yeah, but I actually think we're, we're not doing too bad in lockdown we can we can definitely last a little bit longer in our household good well fingers crossed things will get back to some normality in the coming months um but thank you very much for joining us today it's been lovely talking to you thank you very much lovely talking to you too you've been listening to an appetite for life with me karen kelly sponsored by dane bank dental practice where happiness starts with a smile if you have anything you wish to bring to my attention or discuss on this podcast then please get in touch you can email me karen kelly at btinternet.com it's good to talk with an appetite for life